1: We're here I wish filling. I wish What up everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here with the old man Andreas Hell. Hopefully by now, you guys have checked out our pro wrestling and our boxing shows from earlier in the week. Shout out to everyone. Shout out. Specifically Eric Napier, who went to the AEW taping this past week with a giant sign that said, listen to the corner podcast. That shit was so dope. Uh Dre said he almost shed a thug tear. It uh nope. it, yeah, it, you know, I got a I got a little uh got a little watery around the eyes. It's great. Um I know Napier's been listening to his show for nine years the entire time. Uh he joined like episode, I want to say like twenty. Went back, listened to the other one, and then has been along for the ride the entire time. But if you guys haven't checked it out on Twitter, check it out. I retweeted the thread. um, Also, Corner Podcast account retweeted the thread. And it's really dope because he wasn't a pro wrestling fan, but just decided to check out those episodes during the week and really got into it and really started loving pro wrestling and found a love for pro wrestling outside of WWE, which is the traditional market and ended up at his first wrestling show ever, which was AEW, and holding the sign. He was right on the ramp. So damn cool to just see, you know, someone grow with us and grow with the show and grow their love of pro wrestling. So that was really, really cool this week. So thank you to him. Thank you for everyone who listens every week. In the meantime, we got one more month left in 2023. 2024, we're going to be bringing you guys our Patreon, which will have our hip-hop slash me and Dre bullshit in every week episode, which is going to be really fun. It's going to be like a lot of the other podcasts you guys listen to just for current events, for music, for nerd shit that we want to get into, movies, everything that's relevant at the time. So that weekly podcast will be dropping on Patreon, as well as the video, full video for that as well. So you guys could listen to that on Patreon, watch it, on YouTube via Patreon, and then a little twist, we'll be putting up the full episodes of our boxing, MMA, and pro wrestling shows, the videos on Patreon as well. So if you guys want to watch us, the only way to do so will be via Patreon. We'll still be posting clips to YouTube, TikTok, and Twitter, or, you know, X, whatever. Uh, We're going to post our clips there, all the time as well, so don't worry about that. You get clips of the shows, but for the full episodes to see us, to see all Dre's faces when I make these goddamn hell moments, and uh, the disgust when I bring up him possibly having to go to a sexy red concert or to watch Ice Spice perform for forty-five minutes to see all of those reactions, you guys will have to go to Patreon. And then we're we're still thinking, we're still trying to bring you guys even more content to the Patreon and little fun stuff on there as well. So that's really where we get to give back to you guys and, and broaden our horizons and make sure we give you guys the the best of us on that platform. So look out for that. I mean, 2024, literally when 2024 kicks off, we're getting right into that. So that's gonna be really fun. I think I did all the housekeeping there, Dre. I think everything was said that needs to be said. Today is an MMA episode and we'll get into all that It's not the most exciting weeks in MMA, but we have to dip back into the boxing pool because Ryan Garcia, which we touched on, we gave our predictions, um, going against Duarte this weekend, but damn, today's press conference, Ryan Garcia had some shit on his chest because he went up to the podium and he let Bernard Hopkins and Oscar De La Hoya, his promoters at Golden Boy, have it and whatever he was feeling inside he let it rip and i don't know what that says about this weekend but i just want to pick your brain on everything today that went down with ryan garcia
2: Ooh, where do we start so holy shit ryan garcia for those that didn't see apparently just he doesn't trust his promoters and i'm actually going to be writing a story on this uh Actually, after we do this podcast, because there's a history with Golden Boy promotions and uh their fighters. Yeah. Starting with Canelo and now with Ryan Garcia, where there is just static, right? And Canelo left. Like he went to sue the company and left because of Oscar. Like he wasn't fucking with Oscar at all. And now you look a few years down the line, and now we're having the same issue with Ryan Garcia. And dude, there is trouble in them dar hills. Cause I don't, I don't know what the fuck Oscar's doing. If you've paid attention to his social media, it's like he's begging for these crossover fights, the saying he wants to make the fights that the world wants to see. But it's like, bro, you only have like two fighters. Yeah, like who cares? <laughs> um, I guess three if you count Jaime Munguia. So you got Virgil Ortiz, Ryan Garcia, and Jaime Munguia. And Jaime Munguia is a sacrificial lamb. Um. I mean, that's it. He's a sacrificial lamb to Canelo if that fight happens or whatever the fuck happens next. But you got Ryan's your big star. And Canelo was your big star before that. And the same shit, we are having the same issue with Oscar De La Hoya and his fighters. And Ryan just, he had enough. He said, Bernard Hopkins is going to tell me when it's time for me to retire. And they want Duarte to win. And he don't trust his promoter, and it started. It started. This started a while ago. This isn't anything new. And if you go all the way back to, well, not even all the way back to Oscar and Bernard, Oscar not showing up to the post fight press conference after Ryan Garcia lost. There's there's no good faith between Ryan Garcia and his promoter. You're that man's promoter. You show up for your fighter, especially your star that is making you money. The scary thing about this is. I don't know how Oscar, I think I mentioned this in the last podcast, how are you not mentoring this young man? Because he's you. He is you from 20 years ago. Big star, big crossover appeal, you know, wants to fight everybody. If there's anything, like It almost works against Ryan how he wants to fight everybody. Yep. But Oscar did the same thing. I won't shit on Oscar as a, a fighter ever. Oscar wanted to fight everybody. Ryan's the same person. Why are you beefing with your fighter? Why are you saying, oh, he did all these concessions that we didn't advise, but we gave him the fight? Or you're talking about his mental health issues on Twitter, then delete the post. Bro, what if they you're what if Bob Aaron did that shit to you? It's fucked up. It, it's it's wrong. It's fucked up. I don't understand what Oscar's trying to prove here. And now Ryan's made it very clear that he believes that his promoter wants him to lose. And the Duarte fight, it's it's a tough fight, right? But I was watching a bunch of Duarte fights, and I was specifically watching the Estrella fight that he lost on the zone recently. And I was like, okay, he's kind of tailor-made for Ryan. Like, he he can walk to the left hand, go to sleep. Yes, he has 11 knockouts in the row, but nobody knows who these guys are. It's, it's a It's a banana peel fight. If you slip, yeah. you fall, and then you're fucked up. But it feels like golden boy set this fight up for if ryan wins great he gets closer to a world title opportunity at 140 pounds he's back on track he's a huge star we can make a ton of money off of him if he loses then we hitch our wagon to duarte and see what happens but man i just don't understand as your promoter why are you airing your fighter out
1: publicly i don't fucking get it one the duarte fight regardless of what he is and isn't and skill set It's a tougher fight than most promoters would have given their only star. No disrespect to Virgil Ortiz. He's not a star. He's extremely talented and he's had health issues. So he's had trouble after making these weight cuts and he has to prove to be healthy. He's moving up to 154. He's not a star. Munguia is not a star. Ryan Garcia just did the biggest pay-per-view numbers this year against tank. And you give him Duarte who, I'm not giving him anyone with 10 knockouts in a row, 11 knockouts in a row. I don't care who they were knocking out. Do you think if for any reason Ryan would have beaten Tank, Mayweather Promotions would have given Tank someone like Duarte? No, absolutely not. Do you think Shakur Stevenson would have gotten if he would have lost someone like Duarte? The only time I've seen this recently is Teofimo Lopez losing to George Cambosis, taking all that time off, and Bob Arum, Teo telling Bob, I'm moving up, it was the weight, it was a health issue, and I want Josh Taylor. And they said, fuck it. They were like, if you think you're that good, go against Josh, because at least Josh had cleaned out a division. If he beats T.O., he could be a legit star. And if T.O. beats him, then T.O. is who you thought he was. So they were in a win-win situation. If Dorante beats Ryan Garcia, he's not becoming a star. No, he's not. It's just ruining
2: Ryan Hey man, I mean Look The 11 knockouts are also smoke They're smoke and mirrors, like Duarte hasn't fought anybody Like, there's You know, when Tank fought Hector Luis Garcia Who was undefeated at the time He looked good on paper And then Tank knocked him, like, senseless He didn't know where he was anymore Yeah, There's styles make fights Matchmakers know what they're doing For the most part Like, I've seen some mistakes in matchmaking often this could be a mistake, but again, they kind of want to move Ryan up the ladder pretty quick here because 140 is crowded. They have an opportunity to put him in in pole position to win a title. Maybe you figure some shit out where he fights Rolly Romero. I haven't looked at the uh, the sanction about it is where they're ranking Ryan and where he could be ranked after this fight. But I just this whole beef with your promoter, and it's weird when you're beefing with Bernard, right? Beefing Oscar makes sense. Everybody, I get it. Canelo beef yeah. with Oscar. Everybody beef with Oscar. But now you're beefing with Bernard too. It's it's a weird time at Golden Boy Promotions where I just don't get what Oscar De La Hoya is trying to prove. He's saying a bunch of shit, and we know that you're a troubled individual. Like we know that you have had a history with drug issues, but I just I don't find Oscar to be transparent. I still find him to be a fraud. As if you watch the golden the uh, the documentary on HBO, I think HBO Max, the Golden Boy documentary. Yeah, it's Like he's telling half the story Like the things he wants to tell Like sometimes one of the people is like I'm going to tell you everything They're not really telling you everything They're telling you what they want to, you to know And throwing a pity party in the process Oscar airing Like airing out his skeletons is one thing But there's other shit like, he didn't, like his relationship with Canelo I completely believe Canelo in that situation And now when I look at the Ryan shit And the way that it's playing out Like how are you going on social media To talk about my man's mental health issues like, what are you doing? Like, I, I just, I don't fucking get it. And if I'm heading into a fight where I'm Ryan, and not only do I feel like the opponent's against me, but now my promoter's against me too, there's, there could be a potential lawsuit coming. Ryan is 25 years old. He's 25. And he has the maturity. He doesn't have the maturity of a David Benefides, right? Who's 26. He doesn't have the maturity of a Devin Haney he's still like a kid in some ways. So like him, the you know, him saying I wanted to fight Tank and I'm taking every concession possible. Yeah, the weight, the rehydration clause. He took every concession because he truly believed he could be, win that fight. And he fought that fight like an idiot, like a 20-year-old. He went out there and just balls to the wall. Let's see what happens. He didn't try to box, none of that shit. But Oscar should see all that and be like, yo, there's potential here. We could reel it in. Let me be his mentor. Let me handle him. But trashing him publicly, that's dumb. That's dumb. And I don't know where Ryan goes from here. Even if he wins the fight, how do you work with this promoter moving forward? I don't get it.
1: It seems like it's time for them to split. But how do you do it when he's your number one earner? (laughs) You can't. You can't afford to let him go. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of CM Punk in AEW. Where Mm. you know he's a malcontent at this point. He is starting shit. Now it's public. Like CM Punk, he may have done whatever. Once it becomes public, now you're in a rough spot. And as the owner, Oscar, the face of the company, you got to sit down and be like, he's disrespecting me. Do I have to let him go? But you know. Or you assume once I let him go, you know the commodity he is. And he can make you look really stupid for letting him go. Especially after the biggest pay-per-view all year and he was your guy. You're stuck in a really weird spot. Because if Oscar does cut him after this fight, say he wins, but wins ugly. And Oscar's like, fuck it, he's not worth the headache and he gets cut. And he goes to top rank. You know how much he sells on top rank? Oh, he's he's good money. Like, if he goes to PBC, you know dog. what they do to him over there? Like, you know the star they make him into?
2: There is no way that Oscar's just going to let him go. What I think may happen, depending on how bad this is, I don't know if people saw the off-the-cuff on The Zone with Chris Mannix and Ryan Garcia. And Ryan said, me and Canelo are good. Guess who Ryan's calling? Hey, Canelo, how the fuck did you get out of this shit? Help. Yeah. Help! <laughs> Help immediately! Yeah, like yo, you got out of this shit, and you used a bunch of things. Like you, there are there maybe Ryan asked for fights that, that his promoter won't get him. Like he's got to find a breach of contract somewhere. He's got to get out of this. Mm-hmm. Ryan has to get out of this because not only th- there's two issues here. Not only is he got a beef with his promoter, they don't have anybody for him to fight. Golden Boy doesn't have. They have to lease him. To somebody else again, to make money. That's why Oscar's so desperate on social media, begging for Bob Arum to do a crossover fight, begging for PBC to do a crossover fight. Let's, you know, let's cross the street. If you had all the fighters, you wouldn't be begging like this. But yeah. you're begging. And at 140 pounds, Rollie's with PBC. Haney's kind of a free agent. Regis Prograis over at the Zone with Matchroom. You keep going down the list. T.O.'s at Top Rank. Who does Golden Boy have at 140 pounds? Matias is, is is he PBC? Yeah. Yeah. Where you have nobody for Ryan to fight.
1: Even uh, if he gets a title opportunity. O'Hara like, Davies, right? That's who they just said. That's saw. it. That's it. And who gives a fuck about O'Hara Davies? No one except you're banking on him beating Roley, beating beating the old dude. That's a bless Abuelo's heart, but he's 60. You are banking on him beating him on this card. On the co-main, visa issues, you got to push that fight back, whatever. So you push it back probably to the Virgil Ortiz card. But you're banking on O'Hara beating the old man and then fighting Roley because he's now interim champion and that was already mandatory. And you're banking on him beating Roley. If for any reason Roley beats him, then you got to cross the street again and do some shit with him and Ryan. But you're saying O'Hara Davies is good enough to beat Roley Bring that belt back. Ryan becomes champion by the summer,
2: and let's let's and then go and leaves
1: or at least now in Oscar's mind because Oscar still puts a lot of leverage on belts, and and then he'd be like, well, they want a belt, so now they have to fight Ryan. A lot of people don't give a fuck about these belts. Teal already thinks he's undisputed in that division. Teal's nuts, but yeah, Devin's talking about moving up to one forty-seven. I mean, again.
2: If you look at the landscape of boxing right now, today, as we're recording this podcast on November 30th, PBC doesn't have a home, right? Even though the rumors are Amazon Prime is very close to securing a deal with them, PBC doesn't have a home. Top Rank has what they have with ESPN. Golden Boy has their deal with The Zone. They would have to figure out, like, who is right. Like, if Ryan's going to fight Rilly Romero, where the fuck is that fight happening? What? Oh, network? I mean... No, they're fitting it. They can, f- it. Paper they can figure it out.
1: Showtime. Like, like but, but, Tank did. It'll be the exact same setup.
2: But there's no home for PBC right now. Like, there's there's no home. The only person who has a home is Canelo. He has two pay-per-view fights with Showtime. Yeah, they'll have until a home they, shortly. PBC until they get that ironed out, Yeah, there's no place to go. So if Ryan, let's just say Ryan blows out Duarte and wants to fight again February, March, April, somewhere in there. Yeah. Now, whatever the deal is, because obviously Cannell's is going to be fighting in May, and you you figure, I mean, you got obviously you got Tyson Fury and Alexander Usyk. You figure the Crawford fight is going to happen somewhere around here too. You got to find a place for Ryan to do a pay per view fight if that's the route you're going to go, and you're gonna have to negotiate across the street. But if you have a Ryan Garcia who is completely unhappy with the situation, who who has now learned his lesson. Don't take any concessions or any shorts. It's a lesson that Canelo learned from Floyd. Yeah, He's not going to agree to no bullshit just to make Oscar De La Hoya happy. He's going to try to get the most he can out of any situation he steps into. And if Canelo comes back around and and says, okay, Ryan, I understand you were young. You made some mistakes. Hey, this is how you you deal with this. This is about to be a disastrous situation for all parties involved. It ain't going to be pretty. But Come on. Oscar's
1: just he he's just a fuck up. <laughs> I, I can't put it any other way. My man's just a fuck up. It seems like he had again the perfect situation in Ryan Garcia. This is a guy you can see yourself in. You have a second chance to do everything you did in your career. Plus, well, arguably kind of what Floyd's on tank, right? Cuz like, yo, I have another chance to build a pay-per-view star. I could do everything I wanted to do in my career, but build him earlier. I could do what I did at 30 or 29 when I left Bob. And then I got from like 29 through 38 years old in earnings. And that was great. But I could do it with this kid at 20. So Tank's the number one pay-per-view star in boxing now at 27. Mayweather put that in action. Oscar had the same opportunity. It's just he doesn't. He doesn't have the same wherewithal that Mayweather has. He doesn't have the team around him to really put that in place either. Nope. And Golden Boy did, once upon a time, have that. Once Schaefer left, it was downhill from there. Bye-bye Canelo. Hello, disgruntled Ryan. He never replaced Schaefer. No. And that's a problem. He was just like, fuck it. I'll do it. It's like, no, sir, this guy was here for a reason
2: all bad it's all, all bad
1: all bad so with that being said we'll see how it plays out do you think it affects ryan going into this fight do you think this is signs of him being unfocused
2: no i know some people will say it but i, I don't think it's any sign It because the fight's still gotta happen and, and i think when you get in the ring the last thing you're thinking about is fucking oscar you're thinking about the other guy trying to knock your head off yeah. so i don't think it's gonna do anything to in terms of his performance just he's he's got beef with his promoter he's young so yeah there could be an issue there but i think he's he's really he's going to be zeroed in on executing the game plan whatever derrick james puts together um and again like i said i've watched a lot of duarte over the past few days when i was doing my odds piece for the sporting news and a few other things and i was like man kids got a lot of holes in this game like ryan could walk him into one at some point because yeah. he got he gets hit with a lot of lefts coming in, and he he's a little reckless, reckless and aggressive. Those are two things Ryan likes. Like if you the the only before the tank fight, he knocked out six of his past seven opponents. The only one he didn't knock out was Emmanuel Tago, who was like he got hit, and Emmanuel was like fuck this shit, and he didn't fight for the rest of the fight. But anybody else that tried tried to be a little bit aggressive and stands in front of him, Romero Duno, for instance. He'll put that left hook on you and you're going to sleep. Luke Campbell caught him. He was taller. That's the only real concern I have for Ryan at 140 pounds is now he doesn't have a significant height advantage like he's had at 135. Most of these people are about 5'9", five 5'8". Five they're going to weigh about the same, but they can't match the, the kid's hand speed. They just can't. And yeah. if they're they're not careful, Ryan's going to put a lot of people to sleep.
1: But and, Everyone's, and not not tank. Tank. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's not, not tank. tank. Yeah, everybody's not tank. Yeah. That's, that's the key, man. That's, that's one of the... Everyone thinks they're Tank. So no. you get in that ring and, yeah. and shit comes at you quick. Like, that left hand, that's coming at you quick.
2: Yeah, and there'll be a lot of fuck around to find situation. out. Yeah. Yeah, there's gonna be a lot of that because, like, people looked at Ryan losing to Tank and they tried to diminish Ryan. Oh, he's not good. Bro, he just fought Tank, who's one of the, the most skilled fighters out there with heavy fucking hands. Yep.
1: Everybody's not tank, bro. No. They're and he not. caught he caught tank with a few. Yeah, he yeah. just left himself open when he did, and Tank caught him back.
2: Yeah, there there are levels to this. And Tank, for the most part, I think everybody that has now watched Tank, even though we haven't really seen Tank tested yet. Like he hasn't really had an opponent where like, ooh, that's a good matchup. He's not doing what Devin's doing. Devin's fighting fucking everybody. Devin's nuts. He's just out here to fight anybody. The Lomachenko to Progre is crazy. Yeah,
1: he lost. but oh, I like, That's fire. That's fair.
2: I like I like what he's doing. Yes. Tank really hasn't had that. Nevertheless, most people, when they see Tank Davis fight, go, ah, he'll probably beat them all, right? And he beat Ryan. So it's not like Ryan's a bum. Ryan just lost to a better man that night. And I'm sure he's, it's a learning lesson. Sometimes you lose and you get better. And I think this is a situation where Ryan learned a lot. Canelo learned a lot losing to Floyd. He ain't get knocked out. But Canelo got exposed in that fight. was like, oh, can't take concessions. Got to be a better defensive fighter. And things change. Can Ryan do that is the real question. I don't think he'll really be tested against Duarte. But the future is going to be very interesting between his promoter and how he handles himself in a very
1: crowded 140-pound division. No, I I 100% 100 agree. And people are so hypocritical. It's one of those things like, What's the greatest boxing round of all time? It's unanimous, right? Hagler Hearns. Of course. That ended in a second round stoppage. Yeah. That's a lot of people's favorite boxing match ever. They didn't care. Tommy Hearns wasn't done. His career wasn't over. It didn't diminish what he had accomplished. And he was stopped. Roberto Duran said no mas. That is a stoppage. Leonard lost by decision, but he stopped Duran. That didn't diminish his legacy. Still the greatest lightweight of all time. Went on to win belts in two more divisions, I believe. Maybe three. After that, two of it. Yeah, none of that shit mattered. Didn't matter. And so now people are like, oh, well, Ryan got stopped by 10. So? Like a decision was going to have you think any better of Ryan Garcia? You would have just said he survived. So yeah, yeah it's 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 ridiculous. It it does make it paramount that Ryan Garcia bounces back this weekend, though. Because we said yes. this on the last show. Back-to-back losses ain't rocking. But when he does win, he can't step back in the ring with this situation this way. They've yeah, already been to the court. They had a mediator, they signed, they they made up. It was like, oh, it's cordial. Now it's not cordial. It something's gotta give. Either he gotta full out sue and bounce, or He really has to bury the hatchet with Oscar, because this isn't how you promote a fight.
2: That ain't happening. I don't see these fences getting mended. I don't.
1: I think Oscar's somebody nobody respects. Money talks a lot, though. Like Oscar could really overpay him on some like Devin Haney Dazone shit, and probably make Ryan really happy if he just started paying Ryan like six mil a fight. They might become friends.
2: I I don't see it. I don't see it. I think. Ryan is a fighter that, like, depending on what happens with PBC, where they end up, whatever, whatever Oscar offers, Ryan could probably get more somewhere else. Right? Like if Al Heyman wanted Ryan Garcia, and looking at the opportunities to have Ryan Garcia at 140 pounds, and
1: they could they could overpay him. Yeah, 140, and, 147. The matchup's galore. And but my, my my point stands
2: fighters don't respect Oscar De La Hoya. They don't. No, they respect er- him as a <laughs> fighter, but not a person. They don't yeah. fuck with him. Like Bernard is, is, is the interesting one. Like a lot of people hung around because of Bernard. Remember when Golden Boy first started, it was Bernard, Oscar, and Shane Mosley. Yeah. Shane Dip, And nobody's ever really asked why Shane disappeared from the scene but Shane was out of here fighters don't really fuck with Oscar the person so when it comes to mending fences and it's like you know let's let's have a, a meeting with with Ryan and Oscar no matter what Oscar says Ryan could be like shut up dope head like you wore you wore stocking like he could he could there's so much shit that it's just like I don't respect you you're tact you you have no tact. You go mm-hmm. on social media and trash me. I don't trust you. There's a trust issue now. I don't think they commend these fences. I think it's gonna get really bad. Like I'm not saying Ryan won't fight for Golden Boy anymore, but I don't think I don't think the this, this situation is gonna get any better at all. Ryan might go. Yeah, everything's cool, but it ain't. No. It ain't. Your dude Oscar didn't show up when you lost the tank, and he talked about death threats, bro.
1: Bernard serious? did though,
2: and that's what's crazy.
1: Bernard did, but it's like, yo, you can't cover for your man for so long. That's it. But it, if that's your man, you're catching these strays. That, that's what I'm saying. Like Bernard's
2: stuck between the rocket and the hard place. Oscar's his boy. He knows his boy's nuts, and he's got his fighter Ryan. But then when Oscar says something like, "Oh, Ryan, uh, you know, the, the the game waits for nobody. You know, we'll find out." And you know, Ryan's like, "Who the fuck gonna tell me retire? Who the fuck are you?" And yep. th- that whole thing was like, you said a white boy never beat you, and a white boy knocked you out the ring. God damn. Said that shit <laughs> at, <a conference. laughs> at the
1: press conference. Like, to his face, Bernard is behind him. Oscar's behind him. This isn't some sneak shit in an interview. No. No, he, he, Bre-
2: Bernard's caping for Oscar because yet yeah, that's his business partner. But Ryan ain't having none of that shit. He, again, he's still a child. Mentally, <laughs> he ain't out here trying to be like, "Oh, we'll talk about it behind the scenes." He, as soon as he heard all that shit, Ryan got on that mic, on a hot mic, and let his promoters have it right in front of him, Oscar. Looked like, "Oh my god, I can't believe this is happening." You yeah, should, you should, yeah. You thought you just gonna sit there silent? No. But again, you think Ryan forgot you ain't show up to that press conference? You think any excuse works? No excuse works. Nothing
1: at all he ain't buying none of that shit
2: trash
1: (laughs) yeah so that's it's gonna be an interesting fight night to see if ryan does win if they're in the ring if they show up backstage we're gonna see how much they support each other after what went down today and there's still a way in so the way it might be equally as entertaining
0: we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match
1: Switching over to MMA before we get to the UFC card this weekend, and we'll just give our picks um, for that card. But the biggest news, and we haven't covered this since it happened, was Bellator 301. I didn't think we get past 300, Dre. Not a lot of people did. <laughs> and it was a good card. A lot of their good fighters are on this card. It ends up being the last Bellator card as we know it, because after that, They were bought by PFL, finally, and announced officially that they're going to be part of PFL, and PFL this week, uh, Wednesday or Thursday, signed and read up with ESPN for a multi-year deal. Can't make Dana White too happy, but they'll be sharing the ESPN platform going forward, and now there's a stacked roster at PFL's disposal and a lot of money since they partnered up with The Saudi bag in the in the Middle East. Yeah, this is a man. This is like the
2: WWE buying buying WCW, but you know there wasn't a bigger company out there than WWE. PFL buying buying Bellator. A lot of people go, "Ah, it's two companies nobody cares about." Yeah, but PFL they have some like they've been working. The Jake Paul signing is a big deal. The Ngannou signing, big deal. Clarissa Shields and Savannah Marshall, big deal. Kayla Harrison and Cyborg under the same umbrella, big fucking deal. Yep. Like, they have a bunch of things in the works. Patchy Mixes winning the title. You got Larissa Pacheco, who beat Kayla Harrison. You can always go back to that fight. You have so many fights. Like, there's, you got uh, Cedric Goombe, who the UFC won, and he was like, fuck, that ain't taking you 12-12. and 12. He's there. <laughs> You have, um, I mean, Albin Mercier retired, but then you still have like Sergio Pettis. You still have Pitbull. You still have. Um, is it Ryan Bader still heavyweight champ? Yeah. Do you? I mean, you think they're not gonna do Francis and versus <laughs> Ryan Bader? Come
1: on, champ versus champ. I mean, there ain't no champion in PFL like that. Well, you know, him. Francis is the champ. I mean, he's he UFC. left the UFC as the champ. <laughs> they given this. Right? They given him the damn belt. But you it's go like when down Ronder the list. She showed up to the UFC. She showed up with the with the title.
2: Yeah, like you go down the list: Aaron Pico, AJ McKee, both the Pit Bulls, um, Brett Primus. Like you go down the list of the the, the talent that uh, Bellator has to add to the PFL roster, and then you start looking at these matchups, and then you start looking at Jake Paul's influence, and didn't didn't Amanda Serrano sign a deal with PFL as well?
1: Yes, the fight uh serrano shields clarissa shields and savannah. uh savannah marshall all signed with the pfl um i think amanda serrano's four no in mma three by submission yeah so she she takes that shit seriously and then of course you you have up and cover they they have biaggio ali who just wrecked someone again um the other day on the pfl card in the amateurs which he's about to turn pro and nico's great nico's a great story nico's cool for boxing and he's shown that he really cares about the sport of boxing he wants to be a legit boxer he didn't do the influencing shit so that's like kudos to him and he's working on becoming a better boxer biagio is an athlete yeah like i watched him at gorman he was a top three running back in the nation He went to UCLA on scholarship. They changed coaches and that shit didn't work. But when I tell you, this guy was on Gorman when they won state and they won the national championship here in Vegas. They beat everyone and he was their star, like 150 rush yards a game. This kid's a next level athlete and he's decided to do MMA now. this, This isn't... As good as Nico is and top ranks done with him, this isn't Nico. Biagio's a different level of athlete than yeah. they have him.
2: So, like, yeah, the, you look at everything that's going on with PFL and the fact you, like you mentioned, Saudi money's there. Uh, the super fight start next year, their pay-per-views. Like this last pay-per-view that just happened, people are like, why was it pay-per-view? Well, that was an ESPN decision as far as I know. Yeah. Nevertheless you do your super fight next year you do you do this big pay-per-view that and going to headline and maybe Jake Paul fights maybe they lord lord Jake versus Nate Diaz maybe you have that's a tough fight for Jake it is but Jake don't give a fuck like like he's he's just looking at the money he's about to make yeah like if he loses he don't care uh, like he wants to win he's going to lose but he don't care but your first pay-per-view is big and then you start having events and I mean, I I guess you still do the tournament. But now, again, the UFC, when fighters' contracts are up, they start looking, they go, shit, there's an opportunity here to make a lot of money. And I'm still on ESPN, right? Like, it's not like I'm not on ESPN anymore. I'm still on ESPN. The UFC is going to have to be careful. Like, being content as they have with being a content churning machine with underpaying a lot of their fighters and just signing fighters, these ridiculous nine fight deals. Yo, I could see plenty of fighters, like just being like Benio Darius, Bilal Muhammad. I could see them like, mm, shit ain't working no more, bro. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. I I said before, and I got, I was on MMA fighting's uh, show oh, it was several months ago, right before Derek Lewis signed and people were mad at me well in the comments because i said derrick lewis shouldn't have re-signed with the ufc this quick he should have took his time and people were like nah they gave him an eight five bills like, who the fuck cares eight, eight, Lewis <laughs> ain't fighting eight, eight more fights what he yeah. could make in eight fights he could have made it one fighting francis and gano in the pfl but he rushed to sign that deal after this ain't nobody rushing to re-up with the ufc nobody unless you're a champion unless you're maybe Alex Pereira, for instance, ain't nobody in a hurry. No fighter that hasn't had a title opportunity in the UFC or no fighter in like the middle, like Derek Brunson just was talking about how much money he made in one night with the PFL. And he hasn't even entered the tournament yet. He's going to be fighting at 205. He fought at 185. And he he's talking about how much money he made. And just like we sit on our, our pro wrestling show, fighters talk. You think yep. you go to another promotion, you'd be like, I ain't talking to him no more. Cause he's in the PFL. No, you find your homies and be like, in your gym. It's not even like they're friends. You have people training in your gym that fight for PFL and Bellator. And they making more money than you and you rank three in the UFC? Fuck out of here. I'm out. Shit is about to get very interesting for the UFC with PFL and Bellator joining forces, those rosters merging together and pay-per-views and ESPN. Ooh, Dana's going to be
1: cock-blocking like a motherfucker. Oh, my God. It's going to be fun to watch, though. It is. It's not only having a competitor, it's having them right there. That's like AEW being on USA on Wednesdays. Yeah. Where you're just like, "The fuck? Like what?" So it's it's one of those things like you're going head to head in the same market, same network. It's it's fun. It's fun. It's going to be exciting to watch how it plays out. Can they close the ground between the UFC and pfl because the sport is so new people just assumed the ufc was going to have a stranglehold on mma forever that's not how shit works you people could assume wwf was going to have a stranglehold forever wcw pushed them to the brink and then they pulled it out so it's it's going to be very fun it's could be the equivalent of monday night wars for mma and, and that's And everyone always says this, competition makes every sport better. Dana and the UFC is about to have competition. So they're still King of Mountain now, but it's it's fun to see all these fighters have places to go and get paid. That's all we want in pro wrestling. That's all we want in all the other combat sports. In terms of the USC, before we get out of here, it's a pretty good card this weekend. It is. It's quite good a card big, very this... good card. Yeah. So when I was looking up and down at this card, um, prelim main event Misha Tate versus Julia Avila. Misha Tate needs this. Bad. You know why she needs this, Dre? No, don't start with this. don't <laughs> <for sure>. <laughs> Her versus Ronda, 145 pounds. No, yeah. uh, Ronda is an ROH. I've given up on that.
2: I mean, Ronda's doing whatever the fuck she wants to do. Like, it seems like, it feels like Ronda's trying to get her love back for pro wrestling by working the Indies because she just wasn't happy at WWE. But it's funny, like, going back to this of Tate fight, like, she's fighting a woman who hasn't fought in over two years. Like, Julia Avila hasn't fought since June 20, I'm looking it up, June 26, 2021. Like, Misha, I mean, she's 37. She hasn't looked great. You know, she's lost four out of five. I, yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, it's good to see her, but I don't know. I don't know. They're giving her a soft touch, but she kind of deserves it because she's lost four out of the last five.
1: Yeah. And again, Avila hasn't lost a ton. Like, this, this could be one of those, like, all right, the, you you have this. It's a winnable fight, but if you can't win this one, you know, it's time to put the gloves down. Yeah, it's time to go. It's a wrap. Um, the first fight of the night, or no, that was actually canceled. Uh, it is first fight of the pre, like, televised problems. Uh, Jakar Close is fighting on this. I was like, damn, he's fighting early. I looked it up. He's 35 years old. Yeah, he is. I was like, How do you got 15 fights at 35? Playstar, but, I guess, yeah, close always puts on a good fight, so that's another good fight on there. We have um, Clay Guida fighting again, Joaquin Silva on the main card, yeah. The card, I'm not is picking, still hanging around, Man, I'm not picking against Clay Guida ever again. I'm not picking against Clay Guida. I don't know what fountain of youth this man is. 41 years old, right? Yeah, 41 years old. He's been fighting professionally since 2006. The UFC 64 in 2006 was his UFC debut. That is October. I had just started my freshman year of college.
2: Yo, I'll put it like this. So if you guys, any of you guys listen to Sirius and listen to me on uh, Inside MMA with Dean Thomas, Dean is my home, right? Dean, he'll talk about all the time. Like, he's done fighting, right? You don't give a fuck. Clay Guida fought Dean Thomas in 2007. Clay Guida had 28 fights at that point. Dean beat him by unanimous decision. Dean has since retired from MMA. Clay's still going. That's crazy. It's crazy. I don't even know. I, Him, Jim Miller, like some people, they just fight forever. And I guess that's who Clay Guida is. He's going to keep fighting. I am i don't even know how to pick this fight because Joaquin Silva, he's, he's a threat. He ain't gone the distance in like five years. So <laughs> we'll see what happens. I Clay Guida is
1: on a win one, lose one, win one, lose one, win one, lose one. It's like 2019. Yeah. So he lost his last fight in April, took a bunch of time off. Clay Guida for the win. <laughs> sure. <laughs> why, why not? I don't care. I just want to see the man fight until he's 42, 43 years old. And then um, Sean Brady versus Kelvin Gastelum. Boy, Kelvin Gastelum going back to Welterweight? And Sean this Brady, is it for ass. Kelvin Glass.
2: This is Sean it. This is Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't trust. Like, Kelvin Gastelum has been a middleweight because he couldn't make Welterweight. And when you're as, like, Kelvin's still young, right? Yeah. But the weird part about it is, Kelvin's 32, and for him, because he couldn't make well to it anymore, and he moved up. And he the, the most success he had was, obviously, the bar and burning he had without a you for the interim title. But since then, he's, like, continued to struggle to make weight, and now you're fighting a Sean Brady, who lost to Bala Muhammad, who feels like Bilal hasn't lost in, like, a decade without yeah. a title shot. Sean Brady was a brick house heading into that fight. Yep. Sean Brady's about to beat the brakes off of Kelvin Gaslam. It ain't going to be close. They're, they're sending this man home on his shield. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I'm I'm blown away. I, I don't want to say I'm completely blown away, but the fact that this fight is happening, because remember for a hot second, Gaston was supposed to fight Shafkak Rikmanov and then got that injury yep. that, from that spinning elbow. Everybody was like, who the hell throws a spinning elbow in training? That's the best thing to happen to this man, though. because yeah, Shafkak <laughs> would have got... Gone. Yeah, he would have got murked. And then he's decided, he was like, all right, cool, like, I'll fight Sean Brady? Again, no soft touches. Like, we were just talking about Ryan Garcia getting Oscar Duarte, we go, ooh, this is a tough one, and nobody knows who the fuck Oscar Duarte is. Everybody knows who Sean Brady is. Yeah. yeah, damn, Sean Brady's gonna beat that ass.
1: Yeah, it's gonna be ugly. Yeah, he's leaving the gloves in the octagon. You can, like, you can print that graphic right now, get everything ready, all that shit. It's it's retirement time in bloody fashion for Kelvin Gastelum. Next fight, fighter night for me, Rob Font versus Davidson Figueroa at Bantamweight. Finally moved up. I mean, the man couldn't make weight. He was killing himself. Murdering himself.
2: And then you, again, you jump up to Bantamweight. Nobody goes, oh, it's your, your, you at Bantamweight? Let's give you a soft touch. No. Yeah. You get didn't just have on. wars. You just have, like, three wars. This this is wild. Like, this this is a day. This is the third fight. This ain't the Coleman event. This is the fight before the co-main event. Yeah. The former champ, Davis and was fight Rob Font, who,
1: yeah, he he's struggled lately. Sure. Lost three or four. Yep. But lost to Aldo, a- lost to Mon- Cheeto Vera, lost to Sanhagen. Sanhagen, yeah. B- I, those Adrian Yanes though. Yeah, but those are the three people lost. It was not like Rob Font's losing the Bums. No. And that Vera fight was a good fight.
2: It was. I'm gonna pick Davison. I think the the move up is gonna work for him. Um I figure this is gonna be a high octane fight. I, I don't think these guys are gonna be staring at each other too long. Ralphon don't play. Uh I think it'll be a good, this could be fight of the night. But I'm gonna pick Davison to have a successful debut at Ben White.
1: Yeah, I think it's gonna be fight of the night. And my head says you're correct, but Rob Fawn's Puerto Rican, I gotta pick him. Just, just on principle, I, I gotta pick the man to win. But uh, yeah, I, I agree with everything you said. I'm just going against that logic. Co-main: uh, Jalen Turner versus Bobby Green. This is the most interesting matchup on the card.
2: I, when they booked this fight, I said for real, because mm-hmm. Jalen's a hell of a fighter. Right? He yep. had two losses: uh, Gamrat and Dan Hooker. And remember. Like Jalen missed weight in the Dan Hooker fight, but it was still a hell of a fight. Yep. And everybody was like stunned, like "Oh shit!" Like Dan Hooker still's got something left. Bobby Green's been on a tear. Jalen Turner's still like, what is he six? What three? Fighting in this weight class? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's a freak of nature. Don't make no damn sense. <laughs> Somebody going to sleep? I said that in the Dan Hooker fight, nobody went to sleep. But right. <laughs> the way Bobby Green fights, the way Jalen Turner fights. And Jalen was one of those guys that you looked at and was like, yeah, he could potentially be title contender. And now he's trying to work his way back up. I'm going to pick Jalen Turner, but Bobby Green is having that, that Robbie Lawler type of surge right now. Ever since he lost to Makachev, Bobby's been on some other shit. He's been on he some he other shit. He lost his fight after
1: that though.
2: He did to Drew Dober. but it was an like, ugly loss. Yeah, dude, Drew Dober hits hard, but I don't put too much stock. Like Tony Ferguson, whatever Tony Ferguson's washed up. Yeah, Jared Gordon fight the head clash and the way that shit ended because yeah, it's definitely Grant Dawson. That surprised a lot of people because he watched Grant Dawson and beat the hell out of Grant Dawson quick. But I still think Jalen Turner's length and his power and getting into a firefight is the last thing Bobby Green really wants to do. So I think Jalen's going to stop him somewhere in maybe the first second round.
1: Yeah, I'll go bobby green by decision i think get to three and bobby might be maybe does enough early um jaylen turner's a tough puzzle to figure out but when bobby green's in his bag because people who really got hands can stifle Jalen turner and all that that length shit i like to see bobby green do it yeah i mean dan hooker was able to get an inside gamra was able to get inside Uh, Three losses in a row is tough to predict for Jalen Turner, but I I don't think he stops the slide here, so I think Bobby Green wins that fight. And then, main event, Benil Dariush um, versus Armand. Armand's winning this, isn't he? He's 27. Armand Sarukian is a beast.
2: Yeah, I mean, lost to Gamera, lost to Makachev. Other than that, he's mowed people down. Tremendous wrestler. There's going to be some interesting grappling in this fight. Um, I was never, I don't want to say I was ever down on Benil Darius, but like his winning streak to me was a lot of smoke and mirrors. Mm. Whereas Armin Sarukian, he's, he's earned it. Like he's, he's young, he's strong. Uh, he can strike. He's a great wrestler, good takedown defense. I think he's going to be a little bit better in almost everything that Benil Darius. I'm picking Sarukian to win a decision uh five rounds is a long time but i i figure it's gonna be a lot of control in this fight they're gonna be jockeying for position and control and uh will don't move up he's a threat in this division it's just Neil tough Darius.
1: it's it's tough but Neil's good he's not sorry he's not a trash. Man. no just I to didn't... beat him on the ground is hard for me to wrap my mind around like i Man. feel like you can knock him out charles Oliveira was just so good he, he did whatever the fuck he wanted to. i mean
2: that yeah that's duke bronx
1: you don't fuck with duke bronx but even then he knocked him out right so this is to me where Sarukian got to show like yo, know, my hands are as good as my my ground game yeah i think he will i think he will yeah and it's either it's gonna be a five round ass whooping and domination by Sarukian, which i it's hard for me to see because darius could throw up some weird shit and you're in a world of trouble or he starts him early, so I'm going with knockout, like second, third round knockout. Because okay. to me, that's what he has to show in this one. That's the way to beat Benil Darius. D- you got to start him on the seat.
2: Darius is not a like he's not a submission wizard by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but he he likes to he likes to control his opponents. It's not like he's not going to be fishing for a finish, but he likes to control his opponents. And I think saruki
1: is just really tough to deal with. The scrambles are are what's tough to me yeah the you you end up getting swiped or overzealous and the next you know Darius is on top of you and then you can get subbed yeah it, it's funny like we just ran down
2: this car like it's one of the better fight nights that they had it really they, like is. This, it, was this due. Is it was due. Yeah. <laughs> very well it was very well booked towards the end of the year obviously they'll be competing with ryan garcia on the zone that night um but it's a good fight night card this is there are very rare occasions where I'm like, yo, you should watch this fight night. Like, you just won't hear me say that on this show or any other show. But I think
1: this is a must-watch fight night card. It's that good. Yep. No, I, I agree. And it should be really fun recapping this. And then next week, we have uh, another fight night card. My boy, Sonja Dong versus Chris Gutierrez. Anthony Smith versus Khalil Roundtree on that one. So, that, um... Yo. Anthony Smith ste- stepping up to take that fight because uh, Roundtree, I forgot who he was supposed to fight originally, I but forgot. he's a madman. It's like, bro, you got a commentary gig, like, you don't got to do this, you a vet, yeah.
2: It's but it's, that's what Anthony Smith does, and we'll talk about it more next week. But I, as soon as they booked it, I was like, Anthony did what? Like, you guys are like, Anthony's another guy who was like, oh, the UFC's been good to me, and it's like, have they? I mean, I, I guess. Because I don't know what you have to compare it to. But you stepping up to fight Khalil Roundtree is
1: nuts. But all right. Teach his own. Oh, and by the way, have you looked at 296? That shit is stacked for like a MMA fan. That shit
2: is stacked. I mean, if you look at that card and good for me, I won't be around. I'll be in Hawaii. Oh, and a boat. (laughs) <laughs> yeah i'll be on a, i'll be in a, every island of hawaii with the family i probably won't watch that shit until i get home but pantoja leon edwards like the main event's like all right fine the co-main event i don't necessarily care about brandon roval fighting in pantoja whatever but rock mama versus wonder boy ferguson versus patty pimblett luke versus ian gary and then the prelims you have cody garbrandt on the prelims Josh. I mean, versus giga that, that's crazy irene <laughs> Aldano versus carol rosa Casey O'Neill, who's one of the younger women who's who's trying to make her way, yeah. Like, this is a very. This is an <laughs> MMA fans card. It ain't star
1: studded, but it's it's a it's a good card. Now they I put their foot in that one. one. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's going to be fun. I'm not going and covering it at the arena because I'm just like I'm I'm good on that. Like I've covered enough fights this year. I'm chilling, but I'm definitely going to like have wings and, and relax and. Probably have like a little fight night joint here at the crib. Cause it's oh that gosh. it's that dope of a fight card that I'm going to be watching it. So yeah, can can't wait to watch that. It's a good but you know what, you know what's
2: funny? This what? is some um, like some like I'm going like I mentioned, I'm going to Hawaii with the family. And my brother in law is like a huge MMA fan. I put him on the MMA. I think the first fight I took him to was Kane Brock, I think, in California. He's been hooked ever since. He trains occasionally. So when we booked this Hawaii trip, I think he had bought tickets to this fight. So he's trying to figure out when we were getting home, because we come home on the 16th so we can make it to the fight. So he's like... he's bugging from Hawaii to the airport to the fight. Yo, he's like, because he asked me if I'm going to cover, so I was like, fuck you. I'm like, (laughs) when I get off the plane, I ain't thinking about no goddamn UFC. Like, yes, people who listen to the show, I love MMA, boxing, and pro wrestling, but I love Hawaii more. So when I get home... I ain't running to T-Mobile Arena to see no goddamn fight. I'm I'm I'll, I'll watch it maybe at home. Maybe I'll turn it on if I ain't got nothing else to do. Well, my brother-in-law was like, "Yo, I got to I got to I got to see the fight." And I was like, "Have fun. I don't care." See, I I see every fighting person. Like,
1: bro I've been covering these fights since 2007. I'm fine missing a fight. Don't you love when people are enthusiastic about fights and shit still? Like it, I do. I really like watching it. Like I can't tell you, Dre. And we'll wrap the show up in a second, but I can't tell you the last time I was genuinely like in my heart excited about going to a fight like that level of like fandom excited. No, I'm, I'm... look, man, I can I've been explain... journalism excited, but that's yeah. different. I mean, I was I was excited
2: about Spence, uh but I was excited about that fight. Like boxing still gets me excited for big fights. Yeah. Like I I love a big fight. Now I don't like the undercard, but I love the atmosphere of a big fight. I love like Tank Ryan, like that whole that, that it gave me that feeling like like that whole night where celebrities were showing up and you know shit, we we're watching this tremendous card and like we're we're looking forward like I get excited about that. MMA is different. I don't there hasn't been
1: holy shit I really got to think about the last time I was was cage side for John Jones looking through the octagon and I was like, okay, like it was
2: just work. Yeah. It becomes that. And it, it sucks. I mean, we cover so many cars. It's just like, you see one, you see them all. Like it's even at the point, like I've seen my fellow journalists get mad about where they're at when it comes to being like cage side for UFC cards. I don't care.
1: Right. Yeah, like whatever.
2: Yeah. At, at, you know, once upon a time, I used to be like, yo, I got to be like in the front and I got to have the best view in the house. I don't care. Like I became that guy who was like, I'll just go home and watch the
1: fight at home. It's <laughs> <Don't>... Yo, <laughs> let, let them give me a really bad seat. I, don't... <laughs> I will pick on my credential. I will cover the fight. You'll get every coverage you need. I'll be doing this from home.
2: Yeah. Like I can go home and be comfortable and, Eat and drink, and <laughs> I, you know, get some commentary if I need it, but yeah. I don't care. I no. like, like being I, live. I, bro, I just, it's again, it's only MMA boxing. Like, if you miss a big fight, like, there's a part of me that really wants to see Haney Pro There's a part of me that really is interested in that fight just because I love the fight itself. Yeah. But like, Spence Crawford, like, FOMO would have set in if I had to miss that fight.
1: That's fair. Fury, Usyk, it kind of sucks that it's always in all the way in the Middle East. Like, I would love to see that fight. But you know where I noticed that the difference was, Dre? It's when we go to WrestleMania. Oh, yeah. And we pay for our tickets and we go, or someone gives us three tickets, <laughs> whatever it yeah. may be. But we go as fans. We can have a beer. We go to AW every year. We have our beer. We have our f- popcorn. We chill. We don't know what the fuck's about to happen. We enjoy. We, we're chanting. We're doing the songs. That's like excitement to me as a fan. I don't have that in boxing or MMA.
2: Nah, man. I don't. I don't. There's like pro wrestling. It's it's uh like covering pro wrestling is like, you don't really got to cover it. It ain't really like, you know, I got to do round by round. I ain't got to do that shit. It's pro wrestling. Like, I can talk about it afterwards, but I like to be like, there's nothing like WrestleMania. It's just not, you can talk shit about WWE all you want, but when you sh- like, when we showed up at, at sofa, I was like, yo, there's nothing like this. This is great. And I could be a fan. I could be a mark. I ain't got to report shit. I'm just enjoying myself. Like when I'm covering a fight, I'm thinking about, Oh, what's the story I got to write. And uh, what's going to happen in the post fight press conference. And I'm always miserable after a fight. Cause I'm like, yo, how long is it going to take for fucking Canelo to get back here? I hate that <laughs> shit. <laughs> like, yeah. it's, he's the worst. Like, that motherfucker put on his silky-ass pajamas. I'm like, bro, can I put on some pajamas too? Because I'm sleepy. But pro wrestling, ain't nothing like it. If you got to choose something to go to, I promise you. And it ain't even just WrestleMania. Just go to a pro wrestling show. If you, if you listen to our podcast for all these years, you wonder what to go to. Like, boxing, you're only going to get the thrill in the main event. That's mm. it. You're not going to get the energy of the crowd in the third fight of the card. MMA, the cards are loaded, but you missed the pageantry. Pro wrestling, go to WrestleMania. Go to PWG if you're in California. Go to GCW. Go to AEW. I promise you, fan participation, the energy that you feel, it ain't nothing like it. I People have asked me plenty of times, you going to go to the Apex or UFC card? No. I'm not going to know how. It feels <laughs> like a high school gym. I'm good. Oh, i see this shit in big arenas. Why am I going to Apex? Never.
1: Not me. Not me. Yeah, it's... We're spoiled. Spoiled. But really, it's just one of those things where it's like, yeah, you're going to work. WWE, and thankfully, we don't cover it on the daily like we do this, like in terms of every fight, every event. Like the big four still feel like the big four. We still go to stuff as fans. We enjoy the Wale Manias. We enjoy uh, the brunch now every, every year. We enjoy... All these things, um, seeing all the homies. Like our we actually have wrestling friends. I don't <laughs> got no friends in boxing. I was, Sean's retired now. Like, I don't got no friends in boxing, I got no friends in MMA. We got homies uh, in wrestling, like it, it's so different. That that is
2: one thing to keep it like a complete bug. Like I get excited, like going to WrestleMania is a scene, like obviously WrestleMania is such a big thing, and shout out to Cash. They ain't none of that shit in
1: MMA. Like, no, I do not like for, us. Not for <laughs> us it might be some like monkey head whiskey type shit but it ain't it ain't for us
2: nah it ain't it ain't, ain't my type of party boxing yeah i got i got a little bit more friends in boxing right i got there's a lot more people of the color persuasion in boxing but mma it's like you want to go to like it always feels like you want to go drink a Miller Light and fucking you know Head back. Bang- nah, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, I'm I am chill. Fight week. I'm, I'm straight. Nah. WrestleMania. Man, we have created a culture in WrestleMania over the past few years with like Black Twitter and you know like and yeah the brunch that that I'm gonna be. I'm doing another one next year. Um, we celebrate us. It's it's different now. We celebrate us and have a good damn time while we're at it
1: damn sure. right so no that's that's great thank you everyone for listening to all the shows this week we truly appreciate it we'll be back in studio next week and tons to cover we'll recap mma talk preview next week's fight card we'll have a guest as well from that fight card for next week and then we'll talk boxing ryan garcia and everything going down there we'll preview devin haney as well and then we'll talk more AEW because uh, we really didn't get to it because wwe and cm punk took over the wrestling show so all of that happening next week we appreciate you all keep it short and sweet follow us wherever you guys are on social media and wherever you listen to podcasts for myself for the old man andreas hell till next time we're out peace i'm mark chapman welcome
2: to the planet premier league podcast